I want to change lives. I want to show people how to progress in their money. I want to show people how to progress in their mindset. I want to show people how to progress in their brand so that way they can take care of their family, take care of their finances, and experience freedom. This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today coming to us from Los Angeles, California, Andy Audate. Andy, thanks for being on the show, my friend. My man, Ryan, thank you so much for having me, man. You know, the opportunities in the show, but I saw the opportunity to be on your show, Ryan. I said, hey, guys, stop whatever we're doing. I'm going to be on Ryan's show. I love that. I feel like I'm blushing now in the studio, but that's all right. That's, it's it's hey, the way it works. Man. You got the red cheeks and everything, man. Yeah, that's the way it works. It's, it's tough for me to accept <laughs> so, some, some praise every once in a while. But, Andy, you've, I got to know you a little bit before the show, and you've got a crazy story where we're going to dive into all that here in a second, but I like every show to start out with, sharing one entrepreneurial lesson that you know that a new entrepreneur, maybe someone that's just new to, new to the business space, something that they need to need to implement right away. What would that be? So you went in and out. Repeat that last question again, Ryan. Yeah, Andy. So if, if someone is new to being an entrepreneur, someone's new to the, you know, living that life, what is one lesson that you would have them know or want them to know right away? Responsibility. You have a response. You got to take responsibility. It's no one's job but yours to have freedom, to experience freedom. Whether it's financial, relationship, your body, your mind, it's your responsibility. And no one's going to take you out of the hole. No one's going to dig you up out of the grave. If you get shot, you're going to be there. You're going to be there laying alone. You know, so, so that's how life is really. And that's how entrepreneurship is. I Man, I had a call with someone recently and they were like, Andy, they don't, they don't believe in my dream. They don't believe in my... And I'm like, yo, it's your dream. It's, it's yours. So no, one, no one's going to do anything for you. Now, you may build a team. You may work with people. But that's because your dream is so big that theirs fits in. That's the difference. Your dream is so big. And that's why you want, people want to be the leader, but they, they think it's so small. Your dream has to be so big that, that they see a huge part of growth for them in your vision. I love that. So what's your dream, right? You're speaking, you're moving. You're going to be in Columbus in June, so I'm going to end up seeing you one way or another. But what, what is that ostentatious dream that you're running towards right now? I'm on my deathbed. I'm laying down on my deathbed. I'm looking up to the ceiling, and I'm looking at the fire, the fire sprinkler, and I'm like, Man, look at the fire sprinkler. How many, how many ribbons does a fire sprinkler have? You know, what is the ounce of that little, that little liquid? I'm looking, I, like I'm, I'm at that point in my life, I'm thinking that far ahead, where I'm that point in my life that all I can do is look up at the fire sprinkler. And I'm looking at them and I'm counting the ounces. Like I have that much time and I'm saying to myself, was my life worth it? And my, my determination to figure out if my life was worth it, Ryan, is that... As I look back on the eight years, 85 years, 90 years, that I was a part of something that created massive change in the world, not only just for my family, but for the entire world, that for decades, you know, I have, I have some, someone who is um, a leader in a personal development group. She, in the, like the early, late 90s, she started a personal development uh, group in Los Angeles, and my personal family had challenging communication, Ryan. Like we, my, my dad was physically there, but I didn't have a relationship with him. Uh, my mom was physically there, but I just didn't have a relationship with my mom. So I was in and out of the house. 
I was more, I spent more time on the streets than I did in my own house. Because why be home with strangers when I'm, my, my, my homie up the block I'm more close with? Now, this, so when I moved to California, and I was sharing with you before, when I moved to California a couple of years ago, I learned about this personal development group and I joined it. And after joining it, I then enrolled my mom to come into it. And then my dad came and my brother came and then my other pieces of uh, people from my family came. And now because of that personal development group, we're connected where we got this group text going on. My brother's coming to LA, going to be with me. I, I understand what my mom's dreams were. I, now I know why, I'm, you know, what my relationship with my father could have been like, because now I have a relationship. I call him. I couldn't say I love you to my dad. I'm telling you, I'm 20 something. Can't say I love you to my dad, but now I can't. We have a close bond. Why? Because of that training. Now, is it just because of that training or was it because of essentially that woman making a decision to allow that training to be there? So I, I give credit to that woman where credit's due, where she decided to put plant that training there. Now, she passed away recently. I'm talking about a couple of weeks ago she passed away. And many times I just say, I'm talking to my mom, and I just say, thank you, Margo. Because Margo was the reason why her decision and, and the group's decision to put that training there when no one wanted to do that personal development stuff, that stuff is, that stuff is bad back then. And well, that's, that's, that's for the weird people. Because she decided to, there's a reason I'm connected to my family. So I depended on Margot. So my vision in the future is that the people who depend on me, Ryan, that the, in my vision, in my team's vision, that it comes true in progressing the world. So I think that there's a lot of people that are living in fear, that aren't living to their full potential, that once they cross my path, once they cross my uh, training, once they get into my seminar rooms, once they view my content, that they're going to start thinking and they're going to say, hey, I need to be on purpose, living in purpose. And I'm going to take action towards that. Why? Because I listen to Andy. That's beautiful. When I'm, that, when I'm on that deathbed, Ryan, I just vision that people, like a large portion of the world says, hey, I credit it to Andy that I'm moving forward in life. So what, what's that look like? What are some of the core principles, right? If someone jumps into your, your training, your, your seminars, right? Number one, where can they find you? I don't like to wait till the end of the show. Where can somebody connect with you? Because you got a lot of power, man. Progressionticket.com. Progressionticket.com. That's progressionticket.com. But the, the, one of the core principles is bandwidth. By any means, whatever it takes. That's number one. Your target, that vision, by any means, whatever it takes. Number two, well, number two in this, in this example is have a goal so big only God can help you. Have a goal so big. Only God can, I don't even know how to do this, man. I, I promise you, I have no clue how to hit this target. Only way I can actually hit this target is if God can help me. Then do it. Sign the contract. Lock and load. So have a goal so big that only God can help you. And recognize in the process, in order for you to really become successful, the opportunity that you are searching for is in the show up. So the third core principle is the opportunity is in the show up. That's, that's, that's powerful stuff, man. If, if I didn't know better, I would say that you have spent a lot of time mastering the art of sales. <laughs> Why would you say that, man? <laughs> Come on, man. You reiterate the, right, the, the, the call to action three separate times. You got the pitch down. Like, this is a beautiful thing. I'm complimenting you on this because, right, to me, we had a conversation before jumping on for you to listen to as, as you're listening to us right now. And we both agree that sales is the cornerstone for every, every problem that exists in the world. Sales is what solves it. No, 100%. That's not even a, that's marketing and sales. 
marketing and sales. Because if you don't know, if people don't know you, it doesn't, you're, so, you're so small, man, you can only take care of your little bubble. And I think, I think when, 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 when people are, are, are moving forward in business, they only care or put energy out for their little bubble, and that's fucking selfish. That's the most selfish thing you could do is just to take care of your own little bubble. Yeah, I'm, I'm only going to take care of me and my family. That's it. That's fucking selfish, man. Like, like Ryan, like you, you, you've done very well in, in, your, in your business and your enterprises, but you really, you, I'm sure you, you may have realized that it was selfish that if you had all that, no, you actually did because you did tell me that, that you realized that, hey, you know what? I can be giving back to other people because there's some mistakes that you made and there's the ways that you've grown and experience that you had that you're saying, hey, I can give it to the next young book. That's why you have the podcast. That's why you bring people like your guests. And that's why I believe you. You might have been um, in, in 2018. You were the fucking, like, you're the top of the top in the podcast game, man. That's, that's impressive, bro. I acknowledge you, man. That's impressive. I, I appreciate that, and I receive that with open arms. But I, I want to talk about your progression because you, you came from Rhode Island. Right, small small state in the country. I've never been there. Right, my my hands yeah. up right now. I, don't, I think there's like twelve people that live there, and you were one of the twelve. <laughs> you said you're from the smallest town in Rhode Island. So, what what was your graduating class in high school? Fifty 13. people, thirteen? Oh, 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 well, my class was uh, it was eight hundred eight eight eight. No, no, the school was eight hundred. Oh, I don't remember. It must have been like eighty people, eighty five. Yeah, yep. And you hit your first entrepreneurial home run like at a crazy young age with opportunity, dedication, consistency, like I can put a whole bunch of adjectives, but I, I would love for you to share your story of the come up really, right? Because that, that's the fun part. At 2000, I'm working at Wendy's. I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the part where, where people kind of chuckle at me, right? I got fired from a job. So 2011, I'm in 11th grade, I'm working at Wendy's. Wendy's the fast food restaurant. And I go and I say, hey, I want a better job because every time I leave Wendy's, I smell like fast food. So I go get a job at a clothing department store. I'm, over, I'm a natural-born hustler, man. I want something, I go get it. I'm just, it's just natural. So, so you're right. I, I have mastered the art of sales from a, from a young age. Now, 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 I was just being humble, man. And, <laughs> but but, but I, I, just, I want something, I want to go get it. So, so I smell like fries all the time. You know what? I don't want to smell like fries. I go get a, a job at a clothing department store. I'm working there. They say, hey, if you, whoever sells the most cards, membership cards, it was free. Whoever gives away the most cards, you get, you get to work, you get to choose your hours. I said, okay. So I started handing out the cards to everybody. I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you a discount if you go and get the card. Boom. I'm gonna get, so I start being number one, giving the cards, a free card away. And you got average people that's like, oh, you don't want one? You don't want the free card? Okay, no problem. You don't want the free card. I'm like, no, take the card, put it in your bag here. And, and, and it, they said, choose your hours. I said, hey, I want to work Sundays because Sundays I get time and a half. So I said, I want to work on Sundays. Give me the whole shift all Sunday. And I'm like, hey, because I produced, I got what I wanted, which was more money. Whoa. Okay. I like this. Then I get fired from the job. I must be doing so good, huh? I get fired from the job. Then I said, hey, I need another job. I want to, I'm still working at Wendy's, but I want to get another job. I want to sell cell phones. So I go to Metro PCS and I apply to work at Metro PCS, which is a, a prepaid cell phone company. I apply there. I get a job working at Metro and, and I'm selling phones. Now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a natural born what? Hustler. So I go out and, and I go get customers and sell, sell the phones. I'm selling a bunch of phones. I'm 18 at the time. They say, young man, you are a great, great sales rep. 
How about you become manager? I want you to teach other people how to do that. I said, okay. So I become manager. Now I'm working at the slowest store. They want me to bring that store to uh, up a little bit higher. I bring that store just a little bit higher. So I bring the store from the 10th store to maybe the maybe the like 6th or 4th. Or I forgot what it was a couple years ago. Then they ship me out to another store where I'm working on my own now. And I take that store from the 22nd store all the way up to the number two store. I'm, I'm now 18 and 19, turning 19. At 19, someone believes in me. He suggested I open up my own cell phone store. I said, look, dude, I'm black. I'm from the hood. I'm a college dropout. I'm overweight. There is no way I can become successful. Do you know where I come from, bro? He said, that's why you'll be successful, bro. I believe in you. And I'll quit my job working for you, bro. I said, you know what? After overcoming fear, overcoming the doubt, the, 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 the thoughts of, of being, you know, failing, I said, you know what? I'm going to take that leap of faith and I'm going to jump. How much I got in the bank? I got 200 bucks in the bank. And I said, oh, shoot, that college account. I remember that account that I, when I, when I was going to college, I had to stash money away every week. How much money I got in there? I called the bank. Yeah, $7,000 in the bank, sir. 18, 19 years old, I'm like, boom, I got, I got my startup capital. I dumped everything in, all my seven grand, boom, all of it in. I think I had 75 cents left or something like that. And then next thing you know, I got to sell phones. And now it was a sales game. So I became a cell phone, a small business owner at the age of 19, June 1st, 2014. And you, I love the fact you, you, you set the, the backstory for it, but you didn't just become a cell phone sales rep, a cell phone store owner. You, how long did it take you to hit seven figures? Right, like it wasn't like, oh, I man, I just, I just had a store, right? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> eighteen months. Look, sales was the number one key determinant. Sales and marketing, sales and marketing was a key determinant factor because you can't you can't really expand if you don't if you don't market correctly. And then you, you even if you market correctly and you get the inflow, and you can't sell it, you can't expand either. So that's why I was telling you about the the marketing is how important it is, but also the sales aspect. It's so important because if you can't sell, then what you marketing for? Mm -hmm. but the, so our prerequisite was that we we got to get out of our, our I had to get I had to get out of the red. So I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the pavement, bro. And and the challenging part is I'm in this new I'm 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 in a new position because I I was working for Metro PCS and Metro PCS had a customers coming in. I didn't have customers coming in. So you went so independent. Was that? You were an independent shop. You didn't. You didn't hang your hat on Metro PCS. You did your own shop. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't have the Metro PCS logo and brand because because yeah. they they looked at me. I was like, hey, partner up with you? What the hell? Are you even fucking nineteen? What the hell? Are you look like talking about partner up with you? And so so what I did was I opened up right across the, 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 where where I used to work. Yeah. And um and it was a company called Simple Mobile. I had to go and get my customers. I had to go greet clients, and I got smacked in the face. Like, I don't want to buy a phone. For, like, what the hell? But I'm peace. I had to get, get smacked in the face a couple of times. So after a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm over here trying to push phones. And man, man, it was challenging, bro. It was challenging. But I think the difference between me and the, and the most average person, like back then I created an email. My email was can'tquitandy. So people, you can, you can actually email me at can'tquitandy at gmail.com. All I said to myself was, I will not quit. I can't quit. Average people will quit. I can't quit. Plus, I got a contract, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that contract and that has some weight too. Yeah, that contract had a little bit of weight, you know, the the the, the lease with the mall and stuff, you know. But um, I just didn't want to quit, man. So six months in, uh, six six first month it was challenging, 
challenging. I don't, I don't, I didn't make much money the first month, but six months in, I made a hundred grand. So after, after I pick up momentum, that's when the ball starts rolling down. Like that's, it's like an avalanche. It's like, it's hard to, it's hard in the beginning, but afterwards, man, that's like an avalanche. It just keeps on going. So then, so then six months in, I make 106 grand. A year later, I make uh, my first million. After and I then, target, after I hit the target, I, I said, you know what? I got to go do something different. I was going to say, then we get to the part of the story that happens for, I think, almost all of us. All that glitters is not gold sometimes, right? You're, you're crushing it. Small town, right? Small-minded people, unfortunately, not to stereotype, right? But it's just, that's what happens to me in some places. You hit the ceiling and there's envy, there's greed, there's jealousy, there's hate. And it, if, if I remember from what you shared with me, you got to experience some of that. Yeah, I mean, not even, not even just like in, like, I remember someone in my family that was like asking me like, Yo, so like, how much? How much is that place worth? And I'm mean, coming from a family where where we're making like twenty six hundred as a unit as a family together, twenty six hundred a month as a family. You know, three thousand dollars a month as a family. They're like, well, right now, I said, I remember answering the question. I was like, right now, I think I have an inventory of fifty thousand dollars, just an inventory, because um, we had iPhones at the time. We had you know Samsung and all these phones, and then I was like, plus I own computers and own other shit, you know, cash registers, and I have, so I was like, I think just in inventory sake, we have about 50 grand, plus all the other equipment that I own, and I'm, and I'm literally like 20 years old at this time answering this, and it still doesn't dawn in my head, like, it still doesn't dawn, like, yo, you recognize the position that you're in, I, I was so numb to it, I was just in the, I was just in the motion. Absolutely, and then something happened, though, right, because you did, you, this is the part that is interesting because I did something very comparable. You shut down the business to move across the country versus selling the business. What was that play? Why did you decide to, to shut it down versus sell it? Um, so, to, I'm glad. Well, I don't know if I'm glad because because it, there's a good part and there's a bad part. So, so I'm at the gas station. Right, there was this time my my I had a Honda Accord. Um, all right. I want, I want to give this value, give this nugget to some of the people that's listening, right? Because this is very important. When I first, before I opened up the business, right before, right before I opened up the business, I said I wanted a car. I was driving a 99 Honda Accord, 1999 Honda Accord. Now, where I'm from, this 1999 Honda Accord, that's the average everyday vehicle. Now, I'm in California, man. You got a 99 Honda Accord, man. You're not living where I'm from, where I, where I live now. But... Back home, the 99 Honda Accord, that was an average everyday vehicle. You had a 99, a 2001, whatever. So I upgraded to a, I wanted to upgrade. And I wanted to upgrade to like a 2004, and a 2004 Honda. And the, the price tag on that deal was 3500 I had 7000 bucks, and I had to make a choice. Do I upgrade my Honda Accord or open up a business? And I remember going back and forth in my head like, so I use that money. So I went to um, the old guy, the, the, my old cell phone store owner, and I said, hey, I have this situation. I have seven grand, should I buy a car? He said, do you have a car now? And he said, I said, yeah. But, but, but I think it got like a transmission issue or something. Well, he said, did it get you here? I said, yeah, it still works. It just, you know, kind of skips and stuff. And he said, ride it till the wheels fall off. Best decision ever. Best decision ever. Because I, I then, because I then opened up, I then opened up the cell phone store, and then within like 
three months, I was able to afford my new car and still had a business. Now, to answer your question, why did I, why did I decide to close the store? Well, it was lack of, lack of knowledge on my part and me choosing not to go and gain more. When, when I, I made an emotional decision, so I went to my best friend. I'm at the gas station. Let me go back. I'm at the gas station. I'm, and now the, the new car that I purchased, the 03 Honda or 04 Honda that I purchased, that transmission started slipping. So I, I dumped the car, and I went to go to get a rental. And where I went to go get a rental at, the guy, the guy says, hey, you know, I'll, give you the, I'll, I'll let you rent the car anytime that you want. So instead of me buying a new car, I'm renting a car every single week because I like the fact that nobody knew what type of car that I was in because people couldn't spot me. So I, I like the fact that nobody knew what type of car I was in. So I'm constantly renting cars every week. And I'm, I remember pulling up to a gas station. I, I forgot. I think I had an Audi at the time. I'm pumping gas in the car, and someone from my high school sees me. His friend just went to prison a couple of weeks or a couple of months earlier for murder. Um, his other boy went to went got locked up for waving a gun while they were on the highway and i know where he comes from the background that he has the gang that he's affiliated i know this so he pulls up to me he's like hey what's up man i see i, I see you doing your thing i remember you know me and you and i in high school man i see you doing your thing and i was like yeah you know i'm just hustling he's like yeah man i see you up huh you up means like you're in a, in a higher position than, than the average I said, man, I said, I'm just doing my thing, as humble as I can be. I'm just doing my thing. He said, yeah, I bet, yo, I'll catch you around. I just knew right from then and there, get out of there for your life. There was, there was the envy, there was that blood. I said, get out of there. So I went to my best friend, and I said, hey, bro. Uh, I said, hey, man, you want to do something crazy in 2016? He said, what you want to do, bro? I said, let's move. And he said, where do you want to move to? I said, shit, I didn't think about that. Uh... The first thing that came to my mind was L.A. I've never been to L.A. I just heard about it on TV. You know, Beverly Hills, Hollywood. I said, let's go to L.A. He said, he said dude, I, I have a family here. I work here. I make $12 an hour on my job. I just got a raise to twelve fifty. I can't. I can't. And I said, bro, if, if you don't come with me, I'm leaving. And he said to me, he said, you're my only positive friend. You're the only person that I know, like, that's about progression. That's about growth. And he said, all right, man, let's do it. And so it took me 86 days to close down shop. Now, I didn't know I can actually sell a business, Ryan. I didn't know that. So I closed down three locations. On my third one, I'm trying to sell out all the inventory to another dealer, another cell phone store owner. And he says, why don't you sell it? I said, what do you mean when I sell it, bro? What are you talking about? Like, what do I sell what? I'm going to sell you the phones. He said, sell the business, sell the customer, sell the customers, sell the, the intellectual property, sell the accounts. I said, I could do that. So I got, I got three weeks left. I'm in the city, and my emotional drive is saying, get out of the state by any means, whatever it takes. You got a shitload of money, bro. Get out. Leave. It don't matter. So I, I said to him, I said, hey, bro, I'll sell it to you right now for seven grand. I'll recoup my investment, I guess, but I, even though I already made it back. But I said, I'll sell it to you right now for seven grand. He goes off, and he's, like, nervous and shit, and he comes back. He says, Seven grand is too much. I said, bro, you're wasting my time, bro. If seven grand is too much, the amount of money this thing made me and seven grand is too much, get out of here. Because he was operating at this level. So he owned cell phone stores. He owned a cell phone store, but he was operating this at, you know, corner store, bodegas on the street, you know, with the signs that had flipped off and uh, kind of, yep. I was operating in the highest tier mall. My rents were $32,000. 
I was hop, I was hop operating in a high mall right in the food court where thousands of people were passing by. That's why I made so much money. Location with the marketing, location with the marketing, attracting the customers, but most importantly, qualifying them and presenting the opportunity and closing the deal when they did come. For sure, for sure. And then you moved to LA, and what? Right, you, you moved to LA with. Was there a plan, or was it just, man, I'm gonna figure it out when I get there? I ship my car out, so I'm in, I'm still on the East Coast. I ship my car out, boom, it, it comes to the West Coast. I fly to LA, so it takes three days to get to LA. I fly to LA before my car gets here. I get a rental. I choose a Super 8 hotel, motel, right? Because I come from like I don't know about Hilton. I didn't know about these type of hotels. Hilton, Marriott. What the hell are you talking about? I just I just typed in motel like that's what i'm used to so i type in a super eight i get to the super eight and then I, I got a rental my car eventually comes comes up i meet up with my car my boy's car is behind mine so it comes off the truck we say okay i look at my boy and i said we're in la bro where do we go i don't know i said so i, I just typed in los angeles wherever google maps takes us where it took us was downtown los angeles I, I, I get to downtown Los Angeles, I hit Figueroa Street. For those who've never been here, Figueroa Street is where the Staples Center is, where LeBron James plays basketball with the Lakers. I'm in the city, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And as I'm passing by, I see an apartment, and the apartment says, um, vacancy, you can rent. I said, let's go in. I said, hey, guys, I've never been here, you know, so I'm expecting rent, like, to be like the East Coast, like $600 a month or 500 bucks a month, and they're like, oh, no, it's uh, 34.99. I said, 34.99? What the hell's wrong with you? 34.99, man. 34.99. And then I said, okay, is anything better? Okay, we got this two-bedroom for 2,500. I said, okay, let me get the two-bedroom for 2,500. Then I've been, here, I've been here ever since. It's been three years. Yeah. So what, what you get into to generate income, right? Because you, you had some cash saved up. You had some success. You find a spot to live. I wish, I wish, I wish I could tell you, man, that I was generating income, man. My work ethic was was relaxed. I owned these cell phone stores, and the most work that I did was, man, I'm telling you, Ryan, just between you and I, Ryan, I'm telling you, I was low-key like, like the most, like I was like a legal drug dealer. So, so I'm, I got my phone and I got cameras in every location. So what I did every day was I woke up and I just looked at the cameras. Make sure the store is open. And if I wasn't open, I had a I had a manager who would go there. I had a manager who would go there and say, "Hey, why isn't the store open?" So I'm literally in my bed, and I'm just like, "Okay, check, check, check," and then money just c coming in, right? Um. So I so that was the I didn't work much. I only worked for eight months, and then everything else just started doing its own thing. It was just hired, train, and that wasn't me training; it was other people training. So then. I came to Cali and I haven't worked or sold the product in a long time. So I just relaxed. So I had enough money where I spent almost about a year just chilling, man. I just, I was on trips. I was just, I was hanging out, man. I was just going out, going out. I was partying. I was like, hey, man, like, I'm just chilling. I didn't make any money. I had so much money in reserve and I had all these different accounts. You know, I had it set up in a certain way. Then, then the money ran out. Then, then, the, then it ran out. Yeah. <laughs> and so when the money runs out, what does a consummate salesman, hustler, someone that never fails, what, what does he create? What did you create next? So I'm, 
I'm a, I'm a God-fearing man first and foremost, so I, I don't make decisions off my own. Like, you know, I, I have visions. I had a vision. So I'm laying down on my bed. I got a low bed from Ikea. I don't the – my bed used to be real high, and I think that was normal for most. But I got a low bed from Ikea. So I'm laying down on my bed. I'm like, what is my life going to be like? And I see myself being on stage and sharing a message. And I, and I was like, what's the message going to be? Progression. You got to grow every single day. So my company has always been about growth. My current company now, we, every day at our sales meeting, we say, hey, how have you progressed today? So we're always about growth. I've been about growth for a long time. So then I said, I just want to let my message going to be about progression. I want to become a speaker. Are you familiar with the motivational speaker, Les Brown? Of course. So one day, I'm running on – now, I'm overweight at this time. I'm a lot bigger. So I, I, hit, like, I hit like 280 of fat. Like, I was, I was boof. You know, I was bang. So – so I'm, I, I'm, I'm running on Figaro Street, going down the street to lose weight. And, and, I, and I, 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 I'm, I'm talking about I'm running so fast that the old lady walks by me and she's like, are you okay? And then she, she keeps going. And I'm like, yo, I, I'm not doing well. I need to get a mentor. I need to get a coach. So I go to, my, I go to, the, to the gym that's in my apartment con- complex and I go, Joe, can you work out with me? And he says, I see you working with, with other people. Can you do me? And he said, yeah, sure, sure. This is how much you're going to be. I said, okay, no problem. Little did I know he was a professional boxer, man. He's on TV and everything. Welcome to L.A. for you, right? That's Everybody's like that here. So he's pushing me. Now, we go out for a run in the morning. He's, if I slow down, he comes behind me and just <laughs> does this to me behind me. You know how uncomfortable that is? Like, oh, like, like, like to be running, like, oh, like getting pushed. Am I, am I, so I don't want to be pushed anymore. It's a bad feeling, but I know it's supporting my growth. So I keep on going hard. Now, I'm listening to Les Brown in my ear. And one day as I'm listening to Les Brown, I see a vision of me speaking again. I'm, I'm, I'm on stage speaking. I said, I want that guy to mentor me. Then one day on our run, I'm constantly listening to Les Brown, Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins in my ear. Now, I stopped listening to the rap. I'm listening to personal development. My coach, one day I said, look, I'm going to beat him. I'm, I'm going to go fast. So I'm running, and to the left corner of my eye, like over here, I see his shadow creeping. Like the way that the lights at, the lights hitting downtown at five o'clock in the morning when it's dark, I see the shadow. So I'm running faster. And I, I, t- I turn the corner like this, I see the shadow again. So I'm running faster. I turn the, I, I'm running faster. So I hit the, the, the mile and a half mark. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I'm going hard. I, I see the shadow again. I'll be creeping on me. I'm running, I'm running. I turn around. I hit the, I hit the three mile mark. I turn around. Yo, Ryan, that dude was like half a mile behind me, bro. You know what I was? You know who I was racing? Who's that? My shadow. Yeah. I was racing my shadow. I was running a twenty-two minute mile, and with the with me getting a coach, listening to personal development instead of rap music talking about booty, listening to personal development talking about growth and success, and me fighting my own self. That scenario made me run an eight-minute mile. I went from running a 22-minute mile to running an eight-minute mile because I was fighting my shadow, not someone else. So I lose the weight, and I listened, as I'm listening to Les Brown, I said, look, I can do anything. I go to, to join Les Brown's program. There's an opportunity. I get a website. I said, become a motivational speaker. I put my name in and information. I said, I want to learn how to become a speaker. I joined his program. It was like a, a large investment. I was scared. I overcame the fear. I did it. I made a decision to go. Then, next thing you know, I, I, 
one day the guy, the salesperson says, hey, do you want to come down to Miami to like, make sure that you, it's really us? Because I had my skepticism. So I said, yeah, I'll come down to Miami. So I flew down to Miami. I go meet the salespeople. And as I'm walking out, guess who walks in? It's got to be Les, right? Les Brown, the one out of the four days in the whole entire year. Like, Grace, I don't know, somehow, someway, bro, somehow, someway, he had a speaking engagement that day. So he just said, hey, I'm going to come to Florida and just kind of check on, checking on things. So he came into Florida, and he walks in. Boom. I see him. I said, Les. And he looked at me. He said, young man, you look like me when I was younger. Touch my face. I said, Les, your voice. It sounds like YouTube. And he, he laughs. He laughs and he walks away. And I, I overheard him talking about him going on tour. I said, you going on tour? So I go to the sales, the president. I said, hey, give me an opportunity to go on tour, man. You know, I'm 20. I'm 21. I'm, a, I'm successful, man. I run a successful business. Man, give me an opportunity to go on tour. He laughed at me. He said, young man, yeah, I've been in this business for 25 years. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Don't, don't try. I said, no, you don't understand. My mom, her, my, her wrist hurts. I need to be successful. She's been a dental hygienist working in people's mouths for years. Her wrist hurts. I need to retire her. My, my dad, right before I left to go to California, he just got laid off. And he said, I need you to stay to take care of the household. And I said, Dad, I can't. I got a dream to fulfill. I need to leave. And he said, I'm getting laid off. My brother was in college. I'm like, yo, I need to become successful. Don't tell me I can't do this. And he looked at me and says, all right, man, you know, you're doing the motivational stuff, but I need to get out of my office. <sighs> all right. So I walked out. Six tries of the same thing. Six times. Time after time. I go into the office with the confidence. I walk out defeated. Six times, same thing. My mom, her wrist, my dad, his job, my brother, college. And on the seventh try, he quit and he said, all right, man, I get it. You have a goal. You have a vision. You're not going to stop, are you? I said, I'm not going to stop. I'm can't quit Andy. You can email me at can'tquitandy.com at gmail.com. He said, I get it. I get it. All right, we're going to put you in Orlando. And that's when I started the speaking business in the speaking realm. And that was uh, three years ago. So now... I hold seminars and conferences where I teach people the business strategies and the mindset strategies that really supported me in my progression and my growth overall from, from starting my first business all the way to now, and especially what I've learned through the mentors that I have and giving access to the mentors that I have to my audience through my seminar called the Progression Conference. And so if I, if I come to the Progression Con Conference or someone listening shows up, what can they expect to, to take home, right? One day, two day, three days, how long is a conference? What is, what is going to be some of the, the meat and potato takeaways for them? So the biggest, the biggest takeaway is going to be... So the biggest, the biggest takeaway is going to definitely be what I shared with you earlier. Bandwidth. By any means, whatever it takes. So they're going to receive the, the mindset. But most importantly, they're going to receive the knowledge. They're going to receive the knowledge and the strategies of how to grow. See, there is a system to success I found, Brian, and, and everyone has it. So you know, Napoleon Hill wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. He interviewed the top 500 successful uh, businessmen in like an early 1900s or something like that, right? And he found the common denominators between all those people, recognizing that there is a system to success. Now, here's the kicker. 
that was for the early 1900s. That system was for the early, although very powerful, I agree with a lot of it, but there is new technologies to grow at an accelerated rate. So I'm not a going against Napoleon Hill, I'm adding to what Napoleon Hill has already, has already created and sharing that there's new technologies to really excel. So I shared that technology at the Progression Conference. And, and if we just, if we want to define what technology is, because every time I heard technology, man, I was, I was just like, what do you mean? Are we talking about computers? Technology is the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes. That's what, that's what technology means. So there's scientific knowledge to expand. And I've been using it for the last seven years. And that has allowed me to go from a young fucking guy from the hood to someone running the large corporations and, co and coaching and consulting with some of the biggest brands to date. Man, I, I love it. And Andy, you're, if you're half as good in a podcast as you are on stage, it's, it's got to be incredibly energizing and fulfilling to be in your presence at one of your conferences. Like, it's wild getting an interview. You just have this, you have this thing, right? And I, I appreciate being able to spend time and share, share your brilliance with my listeners. Man, I appreciate you. Well, Ryan, I really, I really am truly grateful to be on your show, man. You know, I, I'm really glad, you know, you, you're a phenomenal dude. I can't wait to go out to have dinner with you up in Columbus when, when we get over there to have you be part of the Progression Conference. I mean, that's your hometown, man. We've got to do it. We've got to do it, and we've got to do it big, especially in Columbus. And I, we, we're definitely going to have a conversation about that offline. Yeah, and, it, and as you're listening, if you hit pause, go to the show notes. You're going to see all the stuff about the Progression Conference. You're going to see all the stuff that Andy and I have been discussing today. You see links to everything that is his brilliance. I'll tell you, he's just got this thing, right? Like you'll see it. You'll, you'll, you've heard it in the interview. You'll see it as you follow him on social. You'll see it when you're with him in person. And right, knowing that a lot of you are, are here local to Columbus, man, if, if you don't shoot Andy an email, shoot me an email, I'll connect you guys. We'll get you set up to the, to the conference itself and be able to shake hands and potentially break bread with you as well. Man, Ryan, thank you so much for that opportunity to share about growth. You know how important it is for a place that we come from, you know, you being from Columbus, I don't, I don't know what part, and I get to learn about what, what part, but I know Columbus has some challenges as well. And it's what I recognize, man, if you don't progress, like the world is moving so fast and so rapid with technologies, whether it's, it's, it's uh, physical technologies like software and hardware or the mental technologies of growth. If you don't continue to move fast at an accelerated rate, you will be left behind. This is why we see some people who are very successful and they get stuck. They're 50 years old, they get stuck. There is a new technology on how to advance. That's what I teach people at the Progression Conference. Man, I, I know I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to show up, buy my ticket, sit in the seat. But I'm going to get there first because I don't like sitting in the back, right? I'm one of those, you got to give me one of the front aisle seats. That's just the way I get down. Yeah, get on the VIP ticket, man. Get the, v, get the VVs. VIP tickets to sit on the front of the Progression Conference, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ryan. Yep, thanks, Andy. I appreciate you.